Hello, everyone. I'm Joel. And I'm Madam. And we are the, the Big Poppies. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss fatherhood and all the topics around fatherhood that we face as dads. Now, we're going to touch on subjects that might be considered controversial. This podcast is about open dialogue, some debate, but most importantly, honest discussion about how to raise our kids in today's world. We hope you guys walk with us on this journey. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the new episode of The Big Poppies. Today's topic is a sensitive one, one that I think has grown in popularity over the past few years and one that on the surface seems to be beneficial and one that is helpful for people, but in fact can be very harmful, at least in my opinion. Of course, we're talking about the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love the Democrats. No, but um, we're going to be talking about social media and and specifically some of the things that that are both good about social media and some of the things that can be harmful, particularly when it comes to parenting and most specifically when it comes to that. So, um, Maldum, I know we were talking about a little earlier. There's some things you shared with me about the history of social media, some things that I didn't know because I don't really partake in most of social media other than than professionally. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I found it very interesting. Yeah, definitely. We cannot talk about social media without talking about the beginnings. Everything started pretty much with the birth of the Internet. Before it was forums, uh, which is a message board where people gather together to get information and to post questions and to talk about uh, different topics. Then it was GeoCities, one of the earliest, if not the first social network website in 1994. Then it was bought by Yahoo in 1999. Then it was uh, one called Classmates in 1995, which was intended to help find classmates and colleagues from kinder through college, through workplaces and the military. Then it was six degrees in 1997. That was uh, based on concept of the concept of six degrees of separation. The idea that all people are six or fewer social connections away from each other, which I never understood. To me, it didn't make sense at all. Then it was Open Dairy, Live Journal, Rise, Friendster, LinkedIn, which is uh, kind of like a job board slash social network. Uh, it's very very used nowadays in the professional realm. And I got to say, just sorry to interrupt, but that's one that I do use for professional reasons. You almost have to use it, which which stinks. One of the things I noticed, I, I don't think I've ever posted anything on there. I've never even, um, what, do you, what do you say, liked or give it a thumbs up to, to yeah. postings that people, yeah. people put on there. But I do see some of the comments that people put on there. And to me, it looks like what I've seen in the past on Facebook. It's like turning into another version of Facebook. But Yeah, but if you think about it, this is just professional people. You don't go there posting things, personal things, right? This is strictly professional. At least the... That's the intention, at least. Yeah, exactly. So then was MySpace, which was really, really popular in the mid-2000s. There was one called High Five that was uh, very used in, in Latin America, specifically the Dominican Republic. What was it called? High Five. High Five? Yes. Like, like, yes, you like High Five, you did a good yes. job? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, uh. What's a Dominican say? High Five. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One little fact about High Five that's mm -hmm. where. I'm listening. 
that's where I, I met my wife. Oh, okay. Now I feel like a jerk. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> High five. Yeah. In another episode, we're going to talk about the, that little story. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. So MySpace was popular for for a few years. That was the big, the big thing. It was used for artists and upcoming artists. Then Facebook came about, Twitter and others, Snapchat, Instagram. I feel like we should have introduced that with like, with like ominous music, like dun dun dun. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I really, really not a fan of social media, as you'll see in a second. So Facebook was in 2004. And it was intended for students, for Harvard students. Then it went to Columbia. And like the name says, Facebook. It was a, a, a book of faces of the university. So from Harvard, went to Columbia, Columbia University, Stanford, and Yale. Then to the rest of the Ivy League, MIT, and other, other universities and high schools. And then in 2006, to the rest of the world. As long as you claim to be 13. Facebook. Say that again. As long as you claim to what? To be 13 years old. At least 13 years old. At least. In Harvard. Well, that was when, when they uh, opened up to the world. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So once they, they uncorked it and made it available to, to people outside of the universities. Yes. Because it you, seems you like. To be 13 years old. Right. Because it seems like it was growing popularity in, in all these Cool kids were, were using it. Uh, I was part of the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty cool at the beginning, you know. It had like a little things that you can move, little boxes that you can move and put comments on it. But then everything started to fall. After a while, some controversies came came around. Uh, for instance, the whole user privacy, um, the Cambridge Analytica, which was a huge political scandal where this company illicitly uh, harvest personal data of millions of, of people for political advertising purposes and political manipulation. Here in the United States, it was a huge scandal because of the whole, with the, the elections of 2016. 16. 16? 2016, bro. We're getting ready wow. for another one next year. Time flies. Time flies. Then uh, there are psychological, psychological, uh, once again, my English is not very good looking, so please bear with me. Psychological effects like addiction and low self-esteem. Uh, of course, we cannot leave behind the fake news, the conspiracy theories, the copyright infringements, etc., etc., etc. Other part of, of Facebook is the Facebook Live, where we've seen uh, live shootings. It's a good feature, though, the live. You know, you can have a, a, a whole... Your timing your timing was terrible on that, man. You just said, yeah, we've seen a lot of shootings. <laughs> it's a good feature, though. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, the feature is cool, though. But, you know, we have, uh, we've seen shootings uh, recorded live. Like live yeah, a shootings. A lot of bad things. A lot of bad things. Yeah. So for you to have an idea, uh, in, tw in on December of 2018, uh, 2.3 billion active users use Facebook. So we're saying that if the whole population of, of the world was in 2019, 2.7 billion, that means that almost one third of the entire world was using Facebook. 
You got to say that again, man. Repeat it again, because you said the whole population was 2.7. 2.3 billion active users, Facebook alone, in a month, 2.3 billion. The whole population of the whole world is 7.7 billion, meaning that one-third of the population use Facebook in a month. That's crazy. And just think about all the people that don't have access to electricity, don't have access to the internet. They're baked into that 7.1. So if you just take, if there's, if somehow you could figure out of the people that have the ability to register for a Facebook account and use it, it's probably more than half. I would yes. have to guess. Of course, yes. it has to be. Of course. Wow. Then uh, there was this um, new social network that was uh, the hype of uh, a couple years ago. It's called Snapchat. And that one is kind of like, uh, it's cool. It's cool because, you know, you take pictures and those pictures, they disappear in a certain amount of time, messages, videos and stuff. So that sounds dangerous to me. It's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah, I'm sure. I remember being a teenager, man. <laughs> Just use some imagination. That, that, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting, but I want to get in here, man. Put me in, coach. <laughs> The, the whole intention of social media at the beginning was to keep people together. It was to create community. But it seems like at some point along the way, everything started to fall. Although still it's used for, for instance, my family is in the Dominican Republic. So one way for me to keep in touch, uh, or not in touch, for them to see my, my kids, it's through social, social network, through Instagram which is very popular right now. The intention of social network is still there. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you're able to, like you said, you're able to see your family. Um, you're able to communicate with people in ways that we just couldn't communicate before. So I definitely see some of the positives. I mean, I've got family members all over the country, particularly in the Northeast. And being able to see my cousin, for example, who had his son a few months ago and just seeing the progression on how he's growing and, and you know, what he looks like. That's it's pretty nice. cool. Yeah, it's That's nice. Cool. You know, because you can keep in touch, sure. you know, and although it's tricky, social network has a lot of uh, good things, especially with kids. We're going to focus here in our kids, how we before didn't have social network and now it's like part of our, our lives and um, it can do good, but at the same time, it can, it can make a lot of damage. There's one here that wants to jump in. but Sure, let's talk about that. But <laughs> Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, finish, finish what you were saying, man. Well, I want to, I want to hear what you, what you want to say, because you know, uh, I'm sure, because I see you kind of like uh, salivating. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, no, man, and look, look, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, be all negative. I recognize that while I don't use social media on a, on a daily basis, most people that I know and that I love and that I trust and that I interact with do. So, I don't want to be here just just ripping apart what people do for, on a daily basis. Um, I do think that since I'm not on it the way people are, most people are, I do think I have the opportunity to look around me and just see people with their heads down. And and for me as a dad, I think the biggest concern is what is this doing to kids that are on social media and that are experiencing things that, quite frankly, we didn't experience as kids. You know what I mean? The other day, just preparing for this podcast, I, I did some some quick research on on some things and I found out that over the past 20 years... Suicide statistics for people between the ages of, I think, 18 and 29 more than doubled. 
right around the time that social media is really, really taken, taking an impact. So depression as a whole is a, is a big problem for young people more now than ever. And I think that social media plays a role uh, in that. So my question is, what are we doing as a society to, to, I hate to use the word regulate, but what are we, what are we doing to pay attention to the ills of social media? Because I even see adults that there's no better way to put it, but that are hooked on social media. And recently I read that the satisfaction or the release of dopamine in one's brain when one posts something on social media is kin to the dopamine that's released in your brain when you do cocaine, for example. That's why a lot of people use it is because it makes you happy because it releases this chemical called dopamine and they're finding links in social media. So you go on there, you post something that's really cool, or at least you think it's really cool. And you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait for people to react to what you posted. That in and of itself presents anxiety. Yeah, of course, because basically you're waiting for approval approval from other people. And, and it's understandable why the increase of depression from 2000, between 2009 and 2017 went up by 60%. Yeah. That was in a study in published by the journal of abnormal psychology 60 percent an increase and there has and again we don't want to put this all on social media i have no scientific proof that that's the case but it, it's playing a role i think people th there's this false perception that because we have the ability to be more connected with one another we're more connected i see it as the opposite man i see it as if i wanted to have an interaction with you the best option in my generation was picking up the phone or like we used to do, we just we just used to knock on your door, right? I grew up in New York. We grew up with people, um, cousins and aunts and people in the same building where I grew up in. We would just go upstairs and knock on your door, and it was normal to hear multiple uh, multiple times in one day for for to, for someone to knock on your door. Now someone knocks on my door unexpectedly. Everybody in the house, we're, we're all jumping. Like, who's that? Who's at the door? Because yeah. it's so rare. Right for you to ex for for someone to knock on your door when you're not expecting it, and I, I just think that there is a connection there when it comes to social media, and I think people, in terms of face to face verbal communication, are are less and less engaged in that, and more and more engaged in the in the computer sort of social media. I'm gonna send a message. Here you go. You send one right back, and and that's the world we live in. I just think there's something wrong about that. Yeah, man, definitely. Well, if you think about it, so from 2009 and 2017, it has to be related because social media or Facebook was born in 2006. It started to become more popular after, well, 2008, because I remember 2007 or eight. I had Facebook, but it wasn't that popular. It was getting popular, but it wasn't that popular. So it makes sense that the percentage of depression went up, which leads to the percentage of suicides. In a, 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 according to a CNN study in 2015, the suicide rate among teenage girls rose to the highest that it had been in 40 years. And the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention has also issued reports showing that rates of suicide among young people jumped 56% between 2007 and 2016 after declining between 1999 and 2007. So think about it. 
sh there should be a link from or to social media because from 1999 to 2007, the suicide rate, it was low. But then from 2007 and 2016, went up. So if you think about it, the boom of social media was between 2004 and let's say 2010. Yeah, there's there's definitely some parallels though, and and I personally think that there's there's a connection. I mean, tied to everything that we're talking about is bullying, right? Yes. So so I used to be a couple years ago. I used to make fun of kids, today's kids, and say, ah, these kids don't know what real bullying looks like, because I grew up I grew up in New York. I grew up in Washington Heights, North Harlem. I lived in the Bronx. That was real bullying back in the days. I got bullied and I bullied, and I came. I came to understand that what we experienced was crumbs compared to what kids go through today, specifically because of social media. Because let's think about it for a second. Back in the days, I remember having to, number one, be very mindful of what you say about any individual, because when you say say it, you have to be able to, you, you're going to have to confront the individual face to face. So you were very careful. Secondly, when you say things, the spread of information was sort of kept amongst the, the circle of your friends and, and, and the circle of the school. Nowadays, let's say you're, I don't know, a 13, 14 year old girl. You make some bad decisions with, with a boy of, of your same age. And for some reason, this boy feels that it's, it's a good thing to go on social media and share this with the world, literally share this with the world. And with a click of a button, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people now have that information at their disposal. Number one, I can't think of of, of something, something I, from a bullying standpoint, I can't think of a more horrible situation for a young developing girl. But then number two, when you link that to, to what we're talking about, to depression, you could see why some of these kids are having or experiencing the pressure that they are and why it becomes easier to just lock themselves in their rooms, turn on their computers and live in that area because interacting with people is is dangerous it is and if you think about it whatever you post online is going to be there forever period because i've seen where for instance uh, a couple of years ago it was um or i think it was that this year so one guy was picked up in one of these drafts of sports draft draft and mm. um he said something stupid <laughs> yeah, right. when he was a kid. And guess what? Like a 15-year-old. He was 15 years old, something silly like that, 14 right. years old. Right. So this guy, uh, someone said, oh, but you said something in, in, when you were uh, about whoever when you were younger. Yeah, I think he, he like recited like a, a rap lyric or something like that. It's vaguely familiar, but he said, he said the N-word or something, and it affected him, right? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, so the, the guy, he... His career was basically negatively affected because of something that he posted when he was a child. Man, and 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 it goes on and on and on. The list go goes on and on and on because everything that you post in social media in the internet is there forever. Forever. So if you don't want if you don't want people to know what you think or how you think, don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Although, it's... although through social media, people can also start. Activism, for instance, in Egypt, a few years ago, the president of Egypt was bad. And through social media, the whole country went against a guy who was a ruler, who was a dictator. And um, 
they were able to take him out. And that started. They were able to sort of spark that by using social media. Right, right. So there is some good. There is some good. There is some good. Yeah. And linked to, going back to the bad things, linked to uh, depression, it comes sex trafficking. Mm. Why? Because, you know, let's say 13, 14-year-old uh, boy or girl, they're depressed, they're home, they're uh, locked in their rooms, going nuts about life. And someone comes in social media and say, or I can listen to you. And what happens? They get sucked into that world. Man, and, and you know, sex trafficking nowadays is unpopularly popular. Unpopularly, is that a word? Unpopularly? No, it's no? definitely not a word. Well, it's popular. It's hot. I know. I know you can add you can add an ly to just about anything, <laughs> and I think make it a, an adverb. If my my schooling, <laughs> my English is not very good looking, man. Sorry. Uh, Bear with me, people. Bear with me. Nah, it's all good. It's better. I'm we trying, do, better we doing this in English and not Spanish because that'd be a mission for me. I'm tr- I'm trying to create new words. So in twenty in September of 2017, in one month, the International Labor Organization estimated that 24.9 million men, women, and children were victims of social of human trafficking around the globe in one in any given month, one month, September. So we're coming back to kids being depressed, kids being bullied, kids being addicted to social media, kids being addicted to their phones, kids being addicted to YouTube. And you know what? Even games. Now games have become social networks. There's a popular game right now. It's called Roblox. And this game has a little chat. And through that chat, some people, like predators, talk to kids and do their thing. Yeah, man. It's all part of the same discussion that we're having. One of the things that we haven't talked about is is parents, right? And ultimately, this whole podcast is about parenting and specifically for dads. And I think the tough question we have to ask ourselves is what sort of models or role models are we being as parents when it comes to, to social media, right? What are we what are we what are we doing as parents to, to educate our kids? The fact of the matter is whether you like social media, love social media, hate social media, that's life today and into the future. Social media seems to be embedded with with society the way TVs are. Right. Yeah. So it's it's that's just the fact of the matter. So now let's have a discussion about what can we do as parents, as leaders, as dads, as moms to to work with our kids, to partner with our kids, to raise our kids, to be responsible when it comes to use of social media, because I think the future, the future of our kids is is riding on it. I, I genuinely think that it's that important. So um Uh, Maldum, I think we're pressed up for time now. What do you yeah. think about making a, a second part where we could... Yeah, definitely. We could just, definitely. just split this podcast in two because we got a, a few other things that we want to talk about specifically about how we can lead by example, how we can set some rules and guidelines, how, how we as parents can be vigilant. Because while I, I'm, I don't use social media and I can't ever see myself using it, my kids, my kids, I, I, I can see them using it one day. So how can I coach them yeah, of course. on something that I'm not... Um, well versed at at least in, in terms of how it's it's used. So why don't we why don't we end it here and then start a a new part, a new section, and and we can yeah. have the discussion further. Definitely, definitely. Sounds good. So till next episode. All right, people. I'll try to be more positive next time. But <laughs> it's it is what it is with social media. See you in part two. Take care, guys. <laughs>